Experience work interactions in a different and refreshing light. This is the Leader in You podcast brought to you by EMC Leaders. We bring the science of attachment and emotional connection to share the insight of the last 50 years into how you can build strong and connected relationships to build inclusive and connected workplaces. My name is Polina Marion. I am Nadia Garcia. And I'm Dr. Lola Gershfeldt. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, everyone. It's great to have you all here, and it's great to be here with you, Paulina, and you, Lola. If any of you joined us last week, we talked about the ARE tool, which just stands for Accessible, Responsive, and Engaged. And in doing so, this is just meant to explore the positive cycle and help people kind of kick those habits of the negative cycle and learn to grow and blossom together. And this will also be an effective tool for leadership as it can be a constant struggle being in that position, allowing yourself the space to be vulnerable and express those feelings towards your team members will just create a more thriving workplace culture and a more thriving team. And so today we're gonna talk a bit more about those emotions that we feel at the start of triggers, at the start of negative cycles, or just in general at times of conflict and getting out of conflict. And we're going to learn a bit more about how to respond to these emotions. Because responding to emotions during conflicts or even during those periods after conflicts can be quite difficult because most of us are trained to respond in a sympathetic manner. So, for example, we might have learned to respond when someone is sharing in ways such as, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings or even tell me why you're feeling this way. Unfortunately, those responses are not empathetic because they don't necessarily acknowledge the feelings being expressed. A more productive response would be to just focus on those feelings and the state he or she is in. By restraining ourselves and learning to slow everything down, we can feel what is being expressed and thus respond empathetically. Lola, I would love to hear from you. I know the EMC process talks about five techniques of responding to emotions. Would you mind telling us a bit more about that? Yes. Thank you, Nadia, for a great introduction. I had this experience this week, actually, with my colleague, where the example that you shared was very interesting that I heard, you know, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, but it really didn't help me with my emotions. So when we had a chance to kind of slow it down and use a tool that we we teach people to use in the EMC process called the slow motion camera, we're able to slow it down and we're able to uh, at least identify what was happening for me emotionally and then ask for what we need. But emotions play a big role in our communication. Emotions are very powerful and they are almost like a sense of what is happening in our environment. It's a little alarm that says, We're not safe or something is going on or we are feeling disconnected. So when we make space for emotions, we are able to organize emotions much better. We're able to name emotions and recognize what is happening. And by doing that, by articulating emotions, by naming emotions, we help our brain to feel a lot more relaxed. Lisa Feldman Bennett actually talks about 
making emotions as granular as possible. So when you are able to tune into what is happening with you in this moment, what is going on, like be as specific as possible, we're able to slow it down by responding to emotions and by knowing how to make space for emotions with responses such as emotional responsiveness or empathic reflection, we help the person to feel safe, to feel calm, to accept emotions, to validate emotions, so they feel like there's nothing wrong with them, that you accept their emotional experience. By just even saying, I hear you, your feelings are valid. It makes sense that you feel that way. It brings calmness to their nervous system. It brings validation. It brings that sense of security where they get the sense that they are not alone in that experience. And that's very difficult for us when we are alone in our emotional experience, when we feel rejected or we feel panicked and afraid. So for us to learn how to respond to emotions, how to make space for emotions is a huge skill for leaders, for team leaders, for anyone actually working together in, in a workplace. Paulina, what, what are your thoughts about emotions and responsiveness? I mean, I agree with everything that you're saying. I think that we as society have not yet recognized the profound impact that expressing, identifying, and sharing our emotions has on our system and our relationships, our business, our community, our life. And we are emotion beings. So the word beings has the word be in it. And we are not like, you know, machines (laughs) that don't feel... So I think that it's it's an incredible tool that uh, we have yet to learn to be proficient in expressing how we're feeling in all different situations. And almost like start with that. I think that we skip over, you know, it's it's the typical go straight to the content, talk about the content, resolve find solutions. And then we miss the aspect of let's first express our emotions. Let's first hear each other. Let's first validate the experience. And then the content, the resolution, the solution, all that comes so easily when we are clearly connected on an emotional level. And I don't even know, I'm learning this as I go along with my, my school and my studies, but where did we miss that? You know, I think that's why this is so awesome to talk about because the more we can become aware of how we're feeling in every situation, in every connection, in every instance, the more we are in tune with ourselves, the more we are in tune with others and the more we can respond and all the other ways that we need to be there to create that safe space and to create that thriving environment. So it's really interesting to understand where did we miss that as a society? Where did we lose the sense of how emotions are so important and how it is so, so profound for us to experience even that short interaction on an emotional level? 
And I think that when I first started learning about the EMC process and everything that you're teaching, that I felt like this, well, of course there was some resistance to it because I was so not used to it, this kind of language, but also I felt some like big, huge revelations of understanding that it doesn't have to also look like a huge, long drawn out conversations and deep dive and all these emotions. It could simply be, this is how I'm feeling at this moment. This is how it affected me. This is how I'm feeling on a physical level in my body. This is how I identify it. And then that interaction can be so short, but so deep and connecting in those moments to create long lasting bonds and also really effective co-working relationships and relationships among the business environment so I like what you're saying Paulina actually was very interesting that I had a conversation with the CEO of a company I used to train them um, for three years and last week we just kind of met together to catch up he was sharing that um, even with the EMC process that their company had to go through some layoffs and even with their EMC process he said that just by integrating into our culture, we became so bonded and so connected that even in a difficult time when we had to lay off people, people were giving us hugs. Here we are letting them go, but they right. gave us hugs. So mm-hmm. that connection um, that was so profound for them, feeling so safe and supported. And um, in challenging times, you know, he was saying like, we don't blame, we don't judge, we don't criticize. We work so well together going through difficult times that we feel so supported. And even the people who who have left the company, we still feel their presence and support. Right. Yeah. And gosh, you know, I think that, you know, we lose that understanding how much we care about each other. If we go through a difficult situation and we don't speak about our emotions and we don't em- connect emotionally, and then the message that we receive in those instances where we're not connecting emotionally, it lingers right for us in us for years. It can linger. It can linger for 20, 30, 40, because Let's say we do have an interaction, like, for example, if we do get fired or we have a conflict among our coworkers and then we are no longer working there and we're not resolved on an emotional experience, on an emotional level, and then five years from now or 10 years from now, of course, you're talking about the experience in the, in the immediate time that you're experiencing it, but then even more so it lingers into your life in many years from now, right? So then when we tell the story, our narrative is, Maybe that negative experience that really didn't, we didn't feel cared for. We didn't feel important. And then we have such, it's like, we're still experiencing that, like that injury stays with us for so long. Whereas if we did have a negative experience where we were fired or conflict in workplace, and then we do resolve or we do connect on an emotional level that experience stays with us in a positive way. We grow from that experience. And then the narrative that we're talking about uh, five years or 10 years from now is not, oh, 
I felt unimportant and cared for. And that message is continuing to show up in my life. It's more like, wow, that was really great. Despite the fact that it was difficult or that I had to get fired or I left the job, it was still really great and connecting. And actually I could be possibly still connected with that person that, you know, maybe left that company and offered me another job. So yeah, I think that the, the missing piece of, not being able to connect emotionally in that workplace lingers on. And when we, yeah, when we don't have that, it lingers on into so many other aspects of our life and into our career and our workplace long after we've left that experience. And so this is another great example of how powerful this can be so that it can securely create your opportunities for your future. Yes, and I really like that, Paulina, the way you bring up that lingering feeling and how, say, if the experience was negative and if you weren't really able to connect emotionally, then that lingering feeling just drains on you and it it's like this heavy weight. And I know when I first started learning the EMC process and learning how to connect emotionally, it felt so almost freeing because I remember my whole life just being so confused and like stuck whenever any conflict came up in my life even it felt like way after the fact when everyone else had moved on but me and I felt like I couldn't really move past it and I could never understand why and it wasn't until you know working with Lola and learning more about this process and the importance of emotions that I understood that you know my emotions just weren't seen and we have been focusing so long on the content of disconnections and disagreements that my emotions just were left out of the conversation and I learned more and more to push them out of the way and all that did was kind of cause me more harm and not allow any room for growth and so like you said these negative experiences have the potential to be something great and to help you learn and grow but if we're not connected emotionally then it makes that it makes that impossible and dr lola says it so good she says conflicts are opportunities for connections that's like my favorite i almost want to tattoo it across my arm so i can see it every single day (laughs) (laughs) well that is uh, that is exactly right people think that um when they are stressed, they just continue to persuade the other person. But actually, uh, I was thinking about the responses, how to respond to emotions and validation is a really good technique to validate somebody's emotions. You're not actually validating the content. It's not that you have to agree to what the other person had to say or to the facts. But the first of all, you're validating their emotional experience, how they feel. And managers are actually attachment figures, what we call them in an attachment relationship. They're like role models. They are like parents, if you if you will, in, in teams. And they have a really big power of um, that emotional balance to co-regulate people's emotions. So when managers are able to use uh, techniques such as validation, it allows it allows them to co-regulate people's emotions, to give them that sense of comfort and support rather than dim, you know diminishing or dismissing a person's experience and 
just like Nadia was saying, like I was lost. I didn't know. I was so confused. You know, what do I do with these feelings? Or why do I feel this way? Or why the other person responds that way? And oftentimes in those moments, we do feel alone. So validation um, helps us to guide emotions, helps us to accept, again, accept the person where they are in that moment. Validation, you know, includes statements such as your feelings are valid, your feelings are valid. And each time we validate people's feelings, it really helps them to de-escalate their stress, helps the amygdala, the emotional part of the brain, relax, and they feel less overwhelmed. So they can go back to that content that they were talking about in a much more open and accessible way. So we really, it's really, it does work. What can I say? And having the practice and awareness of the the emotions, the techniques, and how we respond to these stressful situations helps to, I think, lead the conversation in a much more positive way. I mean, I think that you've hit it right on point, which is we really need emotions to thrive in any work environment. So, you know, this is just a really another powerful proof that this is really, really important in the workplace. And the the more uh, the more experiences we have practicing using this kind of language and all these different kinds of um, phrases and creating this connected experience, then it's going to continue to change the workplace. And then it will have a profound impact on so many more companies, businesses, corporations, and people. One of the things um, I notice with companies and in the workplace is that people don't have the language for the emotions. And I remember doing a kind of like a reconnection uh, conversation with my 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 grandson, my 11 year old, and he, and, and I gave him a list of emotions and it had like little check boxes. And he said, you know, I really like that there's a checkbox, like there's a list of emotions because then I don't have to search for it. And I find that same, the same challenge in the workplace that people don't have the language for emotions. So when we give them the list of surface emotions, softer emotions, primary emotions, suddenly they feel competent. And, and I remember one of the quotes that Carl Rogers used to say is that health is about feeling competent and worthy. And when you feel competent with the language, with your experience, you start to feel worthy and you start to feel like, oh my gosh, I, I have a grasp on what is happening with me. I'm not controlled by emotions, but in a way I can... I can navigate my emotions in the right direction. So I think learning and providing the language for emotion is a big step uh, for our societies, for our uh, for our companies to bring the lang- uh, to bring this competence and awareness up to the to the level where we can feel comfortable with it. It's like you said, having that list of emotions in front of you has been a huge help for me, and I'm sure for lots of other people because. As you said, you know, 
it helps us to feel confident feel like we have something to point at and say you know this is how i feel and even as someone who has studied emotions for years you know i studied emotions all throughout my college career i i found it difficult to articulate those those feelings because you know feeling them and having those emotions comes naturally but that emotional intelligence and having those communication skills is something that takes a lot longer to learn and i think it's important to establish that like it's okay to to need something to point at and to need something to reference back to and say okay i'm not really entirely sure how i'm feeling like let me go back and look and let me go back and see if any of these can help me help me bring those emotions to the surface and understand them alongside my team and for whoever I'm trying to get over this conflict with. I would love it if this was more if this is more popular, you know, if it was more if it was more accepted to to reference back and see, okay, well I'm not sure how I'm feeling. Let me check how I'm feeling. It, we also know that it can be difficult to communicate them and difficult to be vulnerable. And so having something concrete has been, in my opinion, very useful. Yeah, I mean, I I wanted to just share it too that um, I had the same experience with my nine-year-old yesterday. We had a very interesting conflict and it was really powerful to see him stay in the conversation, even though it was really, really difficult and also speak how it impacted him. And I I mean, I really appreciate and I'm grateful to be able to share this with my kids while they're such, such young adults. And, but just to see the impact that it has in every direction and how just slowly using these phrases, learning the language, applying it in every situation in your life can really make such a big impact and it becomes a lifestyle. It doesn't just become a workplace conversation or a method and process of resolving conflicts with your coworkers. It becomes an awareness within yourself in every uh, conversation, in every situation, in every relationship in your life, no matter where that takes place. So a profound lifestyle shift is what I like to call it. <laughs> what, a, what a great description of how it transforms your life when you start to experience more connected relationships and when you experience the conversations that are based on this validation, emotional responsiveness, maybe reflection. I'm just thinking about our audience who is listening. I'm I'm wondering as a closing, we can do this um just think of a situation where you and someone else had a disconnect, maybe a, your coworker or your peer or your boss, maybe you had a disconnect. How would it feel for you if you and this person would engage in an emotionally responsive conversation? How would your conversation change if you were able to validate each other's feelings how would what would empathic reflection sound like for you 
how would it feel to just normalize each other's emotions? As you think about it, see how you can make a difference for others, for others, be that role model, maybe. Just like Polina was saying, like, I'm so excited and I'm so glad that I can share these techniques or skills with my children. And it doesn't, it not only applies to the workplace where you have these conversations, but really applies to all of your relationships where you can start to slow things down to really sense and tune into your emotional music that is happening for you. Learn the language of emotions, recognize the levels and have the courage and strength to articulate those emotions when you do feel those emotions in a, in a way that creates that pulls people closer instead of maybe pushing people away. So I think just becoming more aware using the slow motion camera and learning how to respond to emotions is, is an amazing progress that we can make as a society and just in, in as a team in your own workplace. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you so much for including me in this podcast. And I love all the things that you ask. It's such a great reflection and everything that we're, we're creating here. So thank you. Thank you, Paulina. And, and thank you, Paulina and Lola for being here. I love joining you guys and doing these podcasts. And I really hope that you all in the audience take the time to reflect and think back on, you know, everything that was discussed here because it is important and it is a valuable tool and so just thank you all for listening and for being here it's always a joy to share these podcasts with you be sure to check out our previous podcast and subscribe to join us on our next podcast the leader in you until then be well and focused on your relationships we'll see you soon